This is Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield, a podcast that resources parents, families, and friends with tools to have important conversations about mental and emotional health. This podcast is brought to you by Mayfield Counseling Centers, helping you find clarity, hope, and purpose. Thank you for joining us on season three of Candid Conversations. We are so excited to be starting this season, uh, and we're super excited about our guest this week. We have Dr. Caroline Leaf, who you've probably heard us talk about a lot on this show. Uh, We plug it a lot. We really (laughs) admire the work that you do. You do a lot of work with neuroscience, um, neuropsychology, a lot of mindfulness really is a big part. and very fascinating research that you've done. Uh, I use it a lot with my clients. And so it's a great opportunity to have you on here and share your knowledge with some of our Mm -hmm. uh, listeners as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I know one of the things that uh, I've just, it was just interesting how it worked. I mean, this morning in the keynote, you were talking Mm -hmm. about just the fact that we have such uh, 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 egocentric you know, individualistic society, yeah. and that's a cause of a lot of our problems. And I'd like to spend some time talking about that, if that's okay today, of just Absolutely. talking about. I always tell people that we have a loneliness loneliness epidemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we look at statistics, and we can point it to heart disease or cardiovascular disease, or you know, suicides or opioids. And it's there's much more depth to what's just shown on paper. Absolutely. So what do you see as you're doing research and kind of working with, uh, you know, your doctors and different uh, uh, clinical trials that you're doing? What are we, what are we seeing as far as this epidemic of isolation and loneliness? Well, I'm so glad that we're discussing this because it is a key issue. Um, we, a lot of the Western countries have become so individualized mm-hmm. and as opposed to community focus. So mm-hmm. we've moved away from what's very natural for humans which is deep, meaningful connection. Right. And it's not right. just the surface stuff. It is the real, like the village, the concept of the, the whole family involved, mm. what, the things we see still in places like Italy and mm-hmm. Japan and mm-hmm. Cambodia, as I right. spoke about in the keynotes this morning. And it's just, um, we, there's a lot of research showing now that isolation kills as much as mm-hmm. cardiovascular disease. So it's one of, it's up there when we talk about cardiovascular disease being the main thing that kills people. So if you look at annual statistics, it's one of the main things that kills people annually but we see that isolation superseding that and we see that actually isolation is causing is one of the causes one of the main causes of mm. cardiovascular mm. disease in fact your whole body goes into pretty much low grade inflammation which then sets you up incre- increases your vulnerability mm. for illness between 75 to 98% when you're lonely wow. so loneliness the way i define loneliness is it's a lack of of love per mm-hmm. se. Yeah. I mean, we say love, we always think of the sort of smushy stuff, but it's not the smushy <laughs> stuff. That's right. just one component. Love is pretty much interacting with with each other, living mm-hmm. as the community. In Japan, when someone joins a firm, it's a lifelong commitment. They sure. don't just go from job to job because you're part of the family. Mm-hmm. It's that um, when, when you've got a child, it's the whole family that's raising the yeah. child. It's that, it's that community aspect where we are working for the good of community. And that's been very lost in the United oh, yeah. States. Yeah. Our youth are the loneliest. Yes. So love is very much a, um, we designed to be consumed by love. So if you look at the neuroscience, and I spoke about mm-hmm. this today, you look at the wiring of the brain and you look at the cells, right down to the individual cells, 
we we don't have anything in us. We don't have circuits or wiring for loneliness or for fear mm-hmm. or for anger or anxiety, and all those pretty much fall under the opposite of love. So if I'm if I'm frustrated or irritated or or angry or there's there's a, an element of love missing. So love's very broad in its definition, and a lack of love leads to isolation. Mm-hmm. So if I'm angry, I'm pushing someone away. If I'm right. irritated, I'm pushing yeah. someone away. So instead of just pretending it doesn't exist or just suppressing that irritation, when we embrace that irritation or that anger Mm. or those feelings, those emotional warning signals, we can then start seeing, you know, what what is lacking. Maybe there is a level of something going on in my life and a key component of most of what people are going through has got a component of not enough connection yeah. in it. Well, so I'm, that I'm kind struck of by how many people I interact with where in the midst of a distress or feeling sad or depressed or any of those things, one of their go-tos is more often than not isolating themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so interesting that that's, that's literally the opposite of what we should be doing in it's those moments. Opposite. Well, it's, I think it's, it's how our society has set this up, though, that, that if you are struggling or something's going on, it's, it's shame-producing. You should mm-hmm. isolate because you're not perfect or working. You, know, you, it's, you have to have it all together. And I think we're you in a society. Belong. You don't belong. Yeah, and I think a society that is so built on outside perceptions, you know, if something's going on. I mean, look at – I mean, how many, how many pastors have taken their life in the last year? How mm-hmm. many leaders have fallen from grace because of – Choices that they've made, you know, they've never, you know, it's they've isolated themselves mm-hmm. to the point where, um, you know, top celebrities that are yeah. committing suicide, people right. that with the suicide rate. You know, you and I have had many discussions about this about yeah. increased suicide yeah. rates, and it, it's 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 a recognition that we can't do this. We can't do this anymore. We have right. to change. It's, mm-hmm. it's we have to come back to community. We have to start mm-hmm. recognizing the need for um, the need for the the, the value of. of connection right and that seems to have been lost we definitely have hit a point in society where you, like a leader's got to be perfect it's like it's not okay to say i'm sad or depressed or angry or right. frustrated or i'm not coping or i'm you've got to just pretend everything's fine mm-hmm. and you know you get on that you see these leaders get out there and everything seems fine but they're broken yeah. and i go around the world working with leaders of all whether it's churches organizations and what strikes what strikes me in the churches a lot is the big front that's put on with the pastors and their wives, right. but when I talk to them in the green rooms, oh. it's these are broken marriages, right. broken people, people that are pretending everything's okay, and then not and almost shaming other people mm. for, you know, word of faith. Mm. Why are you feeling depressed? Speak, you know, speak, mm. stick a band aid on the wound, kind of thing. Use scripture as a band aid and yeah. God as a genie, yep. and that's creating such a problem in the church. Right. So I don't know if you've seen this in counseling. Oh, yeah. What we're seeing in, what we're seeing a lot in um, terms because I don't directly work with people anymore it's all through communication sure. so we're seeing thousands of comments coming through on our social media and emails being sent of people saying i believe in god or i'm doing mindfulness meditation or i'm doing all that but i'm so i'm still so broken mm. and and ashamed and guilty and 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 they don't want to talk to people right. about it and that's creating loneliness instead of saying okay it's okay to be a it's when we send that we'll send an email back saying it's okay be it's okay to be ashamed it's okay yeah. to be guilty right. use that as a springboard and connect with someone and start working through that mm-hmm. we always so, one of our one of our favorite authors is dr irving yalom uh he's an existential uh psychiatrist out of stanford he's 89 90 years old he's now. up there but he always talks about in his books he goes it's okay to have a paid friend 
it's, you know, and that's what he sees therapy as is just yeah. is finding somebody that can listen. Like, listen to like you. you talked about today, noticing and listening and, and just trying to help us figure out a collaborative yeah. solution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see it so much where, I mean, I can't tell you how many phone calls we get uh, coming into Mayfield where people have been damaged by other forms of counseling or have been mm. damaged by faith groups where yes. it's that Band-Aid. You know, I show this video all the time in my talks on uh, the Bob Newhart uh, Stop It. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like when we try to put a, a Band-Aid on it or say you're not, you don't have enough faith or you, you know, try the scripture, it'll work. It's like telling people just to stop it. Like yeah. you, the list you said at the end was fantastic of it's okay to cry and it's okay yeah. not to be okay. It's okay to work through these things. Yeah. But it's just amazing how uh, as a as a society, I'm seeing some of these grassroots movements mm. changing this. But still, if you think, look at the way we take care of our elderly, right? You know, it's I love, I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's isolation, and and, and they're, yep, and yeah. they're dying, they're yeah. dying quicker and sooner. And I mean, I remember, uh, you know, traveling overseas and, and just loving, and it's changing in some of the Western cultures even mm-hmm. now. But like you know, Italy and, and England, where you had generational homes, and exactly, you know, grandparents were in a wing, and, and that's the way you have your house. Your yeah, my house is very much yeah. that way. Of, the grandparents are esteemed. They work. They 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 work with the family, not it's necessarily wonderful. in a job. They have projects that right. we do, and that's so instrumental. One thing that you mentioned, Mark, that I think is really invaluable is that that relationship piece of counseling. Yes, and, and so many studies have come out that show that that's one of the most impactful parts of therapy is just having someone to feel connected to where a place where you belong, yes. a place where you're heard. And Not a lot judged. of what you're yeah. sharing sounds very much the same of a place to belong is, is something that we need. Right. We need to be investing the dollars in re, re, retraining community and yes. reinvesting community. We've got a, um, we, we work with a church in Bremerton and they've actually taken, they've raised millions and they built a community center. Mm. And it's a community center where it's centered around a basketball court. So it's used for professional basketball players. Okay. So that's, that keeps the financial side. Yeah. But it's filled with classrooms and it turns into a church on Sundays oh, and they use fantastic. it for weddings. And But the kids are from the community. It's a very poor community. Mm. So the kids from the communities are coming in there and they are using it as a, they, it's a place of safety. And I have a concept I set up in South Africa that's very simple. It's kind of based mm. on the Zimbabwean um background that I come from as well bench therapy and Mm -hmm. so we've got to put a bench outside the church and it's when anyone sits on that bench they know that they can be listened to Mm. they can say anything or they can listen to someone so you're doing one of the two Mm. and it's being used these kids are coming from the community when they need a talk they go sit on the bench so it's become symbolic of a place of safety for sharing and that concept the friendship bench I mean you can there's there's New York in New York there's a few areas where they've got people that just go and put benches up and just say come talk and it's around the world now where and people are responding and this is where the money should be going. Right. Yeah. Getting people because that's those aren't qualified and trained people. You don't have to. You, you got what you can have is maybe like you guys that are trained and uh, to have a, maybe a network of a thousand or two thousand mm-hmm. people that you can spend a few hours just a gu- giving a few techniques and, yeah. and you know a little bit of guidance mm-hmm. on what to say and listen. But you can we can very easily reach the need so quickly. Think of universities. Right. I mean, universities are, these kids, the millennials, these kids are, you know, university today mm-hmm. is a whole different ball game with the yeah. financial constraints, oh, yeah. with the way that these kids are drugged, they're not being allowed to process. It's very different to how it was even 10 years ago, right. even 20 years ago. Yeah. These kids, the suicide rates up, as we all know, well, it's, it's they, they're not being valued right. for who they are. 
all of them are so much. Pre- they don't know how to process well, extreme, their life. They said that extreme stress is like what one in four college students now say mm-hmm. they have extreme stress. Exactly one in four, Which one in four, but it's it's actually higher. They high, literally yeah. are all battling. Yeah. Well, there's I, no outlet. They're not right. being encouraged. The, the, the outlet. Sorry, I didn't no, mean to interrupt you. Good. The outlet is they've got to go and. They've got to go and get a, a mental health diagnosis and get on yeah. drugs. Right. It's, that is the treatment. They've just yeah. been told you've got to get a diagnosis and you've got to go on drugs. Right. So they don't know what other message. Totally. Meanwhile, if we had benches all around the university and the grannies and the people in the community yeah. saying, hey, come talk to me, yeah. it would transform society. Well, yeah. isn't it – I mean, isn't there's research out there putting a daycare – in a, mm-hmm. a retirement home increases life expectancy. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's that, get the grannies out there helping yeah, the kids. Right? Yeah. Get yeah. the grannies out of, instead of dragging them with antipsychotics, which they do mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. old age homes, yeah. get them into the community, get them into the schools, get them, right. there's, there's a few places where we actually got a successful program going in um, in Dallas, um, and whether it's still going now because I'm not at the school anymore, but we actually got the all the grandparents mm. coming into the classroom, mm. facilitating the reading sessions, helping with after school, because they were just not right. doing anything. Yeah. So we got the community into the community. Yeah. It was transformational. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And such simple techniques and such simple solutions, but we've been trained yeah. to medicalize everything. Mm-hmm. And it's all got to be professionals and it's all got to be around you know complex techniques right. and things. Meanwhile. Yeah. So I think two questions out of that. Uh, one is, why do you think we've gone that way? You know, I know we talk about the last 60 years, you know, the medical model has really just usurped everything. It has. Um, so I think the one question there is why? And then I'd love to have you talk through just that, the, the story of the cow. Oh, yes. I, I love think, that story. Because I think the three, the three steps. steps, I mm-hmm. think our listeners would be really uh, apt to practice themselves. So Absolutely. Well, essentially, um, around 60 years ago, the biomedical model became very dominant. And what that means is there was this shift from looking at the whole person and their story, their narrative, their life, their mind, their perception, their, how they saw things, their experience, the environment, all that stuff. And the eye fact involved in that is how they experienced that. That was pushed aside because mm. you couldn't measure it. Mm. We started moving to very evidence-based medicine. And there's nothing wrong with evidence-based medicine if it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. But everything became about numbers and, and about the physical. Mm-hmm. And if you couldn't measure it, um, then it was not... That's that's hard to do with the mind. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't. It's, yes. So what happened was that unless it was an RCT, a random controlled trial, and and that had statistics attached, it wasn't it wasn't considered evidence based right. treatment. So anything there where you just sat down and with your patients, your I don't even want to call them patients, but you sat down with humans yeah. that are battling, which is all of us, mm-hmm. and you listen to their story, and there's no one size fits all which is also why I have a beef for CBT because you've got your little program and you've got to plonk someone in, you know, like schedule, little taste. Yeah. Blah, blah. For my um, listeners, I, they, they, that's <laughs> why I like you. I, I do not like CBT at all. And I, well, I it's get, not even science. It's no. not even, it's been scientifically shown to be a disaster. I have anyways. students in my class that I share my opinion and they get all mad at me because that's the easiest one to, that, to well, it's just to join, you know, I'm like, well, it's expand just your, expand it's like you can give them a drug, you can give them a, there's, there's just right. no individualization involved in it. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a little... Yeah, it's an activity right. and also it's not even looking at the, the real reason. It's right. basically mm-hmm. saying you are thinking wrong. This is so it makes you more isolated. It yep. isolates you. So anything that diagnoses you and labels you, which is what this has happened for 60 years, anything that says it's in your brain, you're broken. Already you've devalued the person. Yes. So you're a broken machine. That's what started happening 60 mm-hmm. years ago. Your story okay. was thrown out. I don't want to hear your story. I'm just going to look at your symptom. All I'm interested, so like if you have a heart attack, these symptoms, we can treat them. So they're trying to lump the body, which is the 1% 
part right. of us. They're trying to use that model for the mind. Now, we know we cannot do that, but if you do that, you will pay the price. Right. So does this make sense? They've oh, taken yeah. a, a law, a philosophy, an approach that works for medicine perfectly, and they've taken that into the realm of mind. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for mind. Mind needs another mm -hmm. way of approaching. Mind needs a very qualitative, mm -hmm. interactive, and you can still get evidence-based statistics. I've just done clinical trials where we've got done, we've done well-being, um, thinking, self-regulation, narrative, mm -hmm. all of that we are looking, doing quantitative analyses, yes. and we're doing blood measures, brain measures, so we can get some quanti mm -hmm. quanti quantitative. But the qualitative is more in informational a, a survivor's mm -hmm. experience every right. single person that comes through your hands in your counseling right. practice is an individual study on their own we need to learn from them as much yes. as they and that's been taken away yeah, yeah. that was shifted because they can't measure it because it can't be standardized like cbt where you've got your table right. and you've got right. your you know you've it's not numbers numbers and right. you've got to fill in this little pro, little questionnaire before and then you do this 10 times and if, and if you're not working after 10 sessions well What's wrong with you? It, it's all about take that thought. Don't worry about where it comes from. Just fix the thought. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. The thought is telling you a story. Right. The thought has got a whole history. Yeah. That history needs to be unpacked. Mm -hmm. That's why we, in our practice, we love doing narrative therapy. We do a lot of em, EMDR therapy because it's helping unlock parts of that. You know, when the any time trauma, trauma happens, the brain wires yeah. Yeah. differently just to protect itself. And how do we unlock that? You know, and it's through story. Exactly. It's through reworking the story. Yeah. It's, no, I it's, love that you yeah. do that, and and then that's why we that's why we're working together. That's yeah. why you are on our team, <laughs> right. and we're going to do research yeah. together because you're approaching it in the way that you're treating humans like humans. You're yes. dehumanizing. We've dehumanized people. Yeah. We've turned them into robots that are pre-programmed, and what we're trying to do is just fix a broken program. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that. No. And then they're dragging it, which is making it worse. Well, it numbs the mind. And numbs it just, the mind. Yeah. Creates illnesses. Iatrogenic. So when people the, the drugs wear off, then the yeah. pain is still there, but now you've also got the damage in the brain, and that causes side effects. Right. And then people are told that their illness has got worse. Yeah. They didn't have an illness in the first place. They're humans mm -hmm. in life, experiencing what everyone else is experiencing, yep. including the doctor who drugged them. Right. Well, so I'm so struck by how simple a lot of what you talk about is. It's very complex science, and we're discovering things, and there's processes, and it's it's founded. But ultimately, a lot of what I hear from you is going back to this basics of relationship, yeah. of thinking, being present. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's so simple, it but it's so hard. Simple. It's simple, but it's, it's hard to go and work through your stuff. People, it's mm. much, it's, it's true, it's simple and it's complex. The simplicity is it is, it's all about relationship. Right. It's all mm. about supporting each other, helping each other. And it's also the recognition that there's no quick fix. No. Technology mm. and right. medicine, I'm sick, get a, give me a pill. Um, quick fix technology, everything's quick fix. People want fast, quick. Mind is not fast and quick. You're going to spend your whole life working out your whole life. <laughs> and as soon as people accept that, they right. can start being happier in their yeah. life. Well, you almost see a deep breath when I tell my, when I see clients, you know, only about eight to 10 a week now. But when I see them, I always tell them it's, it's taking you this long to get here. It's going to take some time to, to undo it. And that's Absolutely. okay. This is a journey. Because you know, clients come in and go, so, okay, doc, like how many sessions do you think I need? I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. So let's unravel your story and yeah. figure this out. So it's the rest of your life. You're yeah. that you can, but you yeah, don't need right. me the rest of your right. life. You're going to work the rest and, of your life. And, get, and that yeah. really does not fit well in a medical model. No, it doesn't. No. Because if it's all about money, then we're shortchanging ourselves. And I'm like, no, it's all about the healing. It's all about the freedom. It's all about 
the processing journey. That's why on, I would train journey. when I was still practicing. I would train um, as soon as the time was appropriate. I'm sure you do this too. I would bring in caregivers, so either the mm-hmm. parents, families, or someone, and train up a support team, even mm-hmm. if it was in the church, to work with that right. person so that they could become independent. So I always put a time limit on intervention. I'd work in Which cycles of 21 yeah. days. Mm-hmm. And after 63 days, we would reduce down, so maximum 63 sessions. And normally it was 21 sessions. Mm-hmm. And then after that, only at the absolute exception, depending on what, right. if you're dealing with a learning disability, for example, sure. that would take a little longer because you've got to retrain or, mm-hmm. learning skills. But from the emotional, even then, so you train people, that this, the community gets involved right. and then the, the person takes responsibility in community. Because the other thing is this nation's over-therapeutized. Mm-hmm. That people have got so, and I mentioned that this morning mm-hmm. too, is that I totally believe in the counseling system and I like, totally, but we've got to be careful where we've, there's almost like a line sometimes has been crossed. I don't know if you mm-hmm. found that. Oh, yeah. Where the therapist is almost fixing their own problem by fixing other people. Yes. Yep. So, and coaching, everyone's got to coach, you know, coaching, but it's a person's need. The coach right, is very yeah. often meeting their own need and making, creating this dependency. And we can't be dependent. Yeah. We have to be supportive. Well, we also tell a version of that wounded healer. Yeah, oh, yeah. And we also tell our patients a lot of times too, like, after three sessions, I don't know if you need a counselor. Like you need mm-hmm. a friend or you there need a pastor you or you need a, a coach or, a, you know, a mentor. And we try to get them connected Just with that. to talk to. Yeah. 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 That's you don't need to pay co- me a hundred bucks a month or a hundred bucks a session. You go and find, find exactly. somebody you can do yeah. life with. Exactly. You know? An unpaid friend. An <laughs> unpaid friend. <laughs> I'd love to see more, um, more invested in, in that, more yeah. dollars being placed into research, dollars being mm-hmm. placed into setting mm-hmm. up community centers. Yes. Millions. Yeah. Millions that they're spending, they've just released another huge amount of money to find the neurobiological correlates of dep- depression. Uh, it's not that. It's, I mean, it's exactly. It's just that, you know, we've got yeah. kids shooting each other. We need to actually start having a situation where we notice and listen. And, and so, can you yeah, talk us through those three steps as we finish up of what are the three things that you think, you know, you've talked about of, of just how we can make this practical. Okay, so what I have done in my clinical research over 30 years is try to see how we can embrace and process and reconceptualize. You'll hear me say those words a Mm -hmm. lot. So the first principle is we've got to embrace, and that means we've got to give ourselves permission to do the crying, the depression is okay. We all feel depressed. We all feel anxious. We all feel um, sad. We all can have psychotic breaks to varying degrees. And these are not illnesses. These are emotional warning signals Mm. that something's going on. So by embracing those and giving ourselves permission to experience them and process them, we can then start digging down to find out, you know, why we're doing Mm. that so we can Mm. learn to manage it. Mm. Not eliminate. You are eliminating to a sense, but you're reconceptualizing. You're eliminating Mm. the cause in terms of reconceptualizing. And sometimes you're going to spend the rest of your life managing an anxiety. And we need to tell people that too, because with our happiness industry and our happiness culture. Toxic positivity. Exactly. The positive, don't even get me started on that (laughs) road. It's created a band. It's a total band aid approach. So people think they can extrinsically fix, get something, put it in. Churches like that too. You know, the scriptures Mm -hmm. put it in and it's going to fix you. So that's not, you've got to go through the pain Mm -hmm. of embracing. You've got to go through the pain of processing and you've got to go through the pain of reconceptualizing. And my research has shown you do that in basically in five different steps. And I've got apps and books and the call the switch app. And we'll we'll actually promote all that on the the podcast. We'll have it in the description below. So if you're interested, go there. Mm -hmm. So essentially that's what you as a person need to do. You need to recognize you've got to give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to experience, process, reconceptualize. It's going to be 
painful. It takes going to take time. Mm. I don't know how long. Sure. Your body will experience physical effects because your mind and your brain are not the same. Your mind and brain, your mind works through your brain and your body, and your body responds. So we've also we do damage ourselves physically. Seventy-five to ninety-five percent of illnesses mm. come from these preventable right. lifestyle illnesses. The cancers, the all these things are coming from our lifestyle choices. Mm. So when I talk about embracing and processing, what we're doing is we're using our physical illnesses and as warning signals we're using our emotional signals as warning signals to see hey something's going on i've got to do the work mm. as i'm doing the work i can't do it alone mm-hmm. and that's where we've got to now connect connect with community and how do we connect we start with ourselves looking outwards mm-hmm. and seeing noticing are we noticing people in our community in our immediate mm-hmm. family and around us where we work etc cetera, etc cetera. are we noticing people that are in need because mm. everyone's in need so we need a part of our lifestyle should be noticing others mm-hmm. and then noticing enough to listen and listening is not listening where you've got your story going through your right, head and yeah. thinking, I can't wait to jump in and say what I've got to say. It's really forgetting about yourself and completely mm-hmm. tuning in. And then it is working on a solution together. Mm. And that's something that you need to do. That's how you as a person connect with community. And you need that too. You mm. need to be noticed, listened to, and people to help you through a solution. So every That's human right. on yeah. the planet needs to embrace, process, and reconceptualize, work on themselves, self-awareness, not self-help. Mm-hmm. And every single person needs to notice um, notice, and, and um, listen and problem solve together mm. and then so that's what every human can do the professionals in mental health so that's your psychologist your counselors etc are, um, are the ones that help us to kind of pull it together because sometimes we mm. do need right. the few sessions of our one-on-one yeah. with each other yeah. so the licensed professional counselors and psychologists like yourselves are there to help us kind of give that boost you mm. know the catalyst mm-hmm. to to kind of and, and I also see you guys as also overseeing thousands of teams of people mm-hmm. getting out there and mm. doing the noticing the listening and right. the problem solving. Yeah. I always I always of- tell people that I want to work myself out of a job because I would love to have the community to do this. Like the community and then you oversee the yes. community. Yep. And it's you guys that should over be overseeing the medical mm-hmm. professionals because mm-hmm. what we need to do is we need to have the medical professionals doing what medical professionals do well which is dealing with the side effects of mental trauma right. and mind issues which is 75 to 90% because only only 5% are genetically determined. Right. Illnesses mm. are only. This is very. I keep saying it because it's so powerful. Right. Ninety-five percent of illnesses, including your cancers, your autoimmune, your IBD, all that stuff, um, your liver disease, your all these things, these come from lifestyle, which is how mm-hmm. you think, feel, choose, exercise, sleep, etc. Mm-hmm. So we need that manage that needs medical management as well as mind management. Right. So mm. we're needing ninety-five, ninety. We're needing this ninety-five percent nine mind management, and we're needing the five percent biological. So we've got to have our doctors, but our doctors should stick with medicine, mm-hmm. not mind. They're right. not trained in mind. Yeah. Our psychiatrists should be dealing with the side effects of trauma, sure. medically, right. not mind. Mm-hmm. And we should have our psychologists, counselors dealing with mind. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. We're turning it on inside of its head, upside down. You know, we should be in charge of the medical profession. I like that. Because yeah, it's That's very good. much the opposite. I, totally I think agree. Community. No. I see a community, a community yes. being your, you guys running. Me- and then underneath that, you've got teams of the medical professionals, the nurses. You've got a yeah. case, care centers where you've got homes where people that are yes. broken yeah. can go and be yeah. loved, not medi- not yeah. police collecting them. And or, and mm. it's it's a, a, a emergency homes where there's right, just yeah. love and support and whatever. Well, yeah. and I see what you're talking about as holistic care and focused work. on the person. Holistic right. care and the person's very involved. 
yeah. and the person's respected and honored. Then nothing is forced on them. There's right. no forced treatments. There's it's no forced. Yeah. It's collaborative between the professionals. Right. And when I was trained, that was what we did. We collaborated. All mm. of us professionals handled the and, the, and the patient was involved in their care. And yeah. that was in the 80s. By the mid-90s, it had changed dramatically. Well, that's why I look for a lot of my research I look at from overseas because I don't trust the research coming out of no, the and United you States. No, and is... you have to literally go back to the 70s and right. 80s, mm-hmm. where, which is where it's going back to like the Soteria Project and the Open Dialogue Therapy and yeah. Bench Therapy is going back to what was done in the 70s and 80s. Well, Trevor, I mean, we could talk for hours on this we kind could. of stuff, and I really appreciate you taking the time oh, my, uh, today my to, to talk. And, um, but we'll... We'll definitely put stuff up on the, the YouTube channel and the website and link yeah. to the app and, and to the books. And um, We appreciate you being here today. Oh, uh, my thank pleasure. You. Thank you. Thank you for what you do, and I'm very glad that we're collaborating. Yes. It's a team effort. It'd be fun. We'll see you next week. <laughs> thank you for joining us on Candid Conversations. We are so glad that you are here today, and we hope that if something came up for you that piqued your interest or that you have more questions about, you feel the freedom to call Mayfield Counseling Centers. We're not just here for people in Colorado Springs. We want to help everybody we can. So if you have any questions, email us at candid at mayfieldcounseling.com, or you can check out our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page, where we post resources on a pretty consistent basis. We'd love to help you in whatever we can. Feel free to reach out.